going to start again. So you're going to help me read the scriptures? Yeah? Okay. So, next today is on empowered witnesses. Empowered witnesses. Acts chapter 10. We're going to read the whole chapter of Acts, okay? So, let's start. Everybody, hope you had a good breakfast. Let's start. One, two, three. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a sanctuary in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius! Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now, send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. And approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheep was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the man sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the man, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The man replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous man and God-fearing who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited men into the house to be his guest. The next day, Peter started out with them and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with all or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour. At three in the afternoon, suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Sent to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately and it was good for you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, 
but accepts from every nation the one who fears Him and does what is right. God has sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with Him. We are witnesses of everything He did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed Him by hanging Him on a tree. But God raised Him up from the dead on the third day and caused Him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with Him after He rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that He is the one whom God anointed, appointed as judge of the living and the dead. Testify about Him that everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of sin through His name. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered Amen, 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 amen. Thank you so much. Wow, very good reading. Give yourself a hand. You know, you did very well. Sometimes I got to start here, love. <laughs> you carried on. So we are really thank you. Powerful message from, a powerful passage. You learn so much truth, even from Acts chapter 10. Do you remember what I read? 48 verses. Do you remember the story? Yeah? Yes. Over there in a, a homes. I hope you have got the story. Empowered weaknesses. Empowered weaknesses. That's my title. Turn to your neighbor and say, You are an empowered witness. Yes, we are all empowered. We have the Holy Spirit. We are all empowered witnesses. So what can we learn from this passage? First of all, I want to make this phrase. The lost, the lost matters to God and the lost must matter to us. The lost matter to God and the lost must matter to us. It has been quite exciting following the supernatural series, hearing the speakers, you know, all the powerful sermons. Wow, powerful sermons. Pastor Gwen, Pastor Sue, Pastor Winston. Powerful messages that we will follow and remember and to obey. We can see the supernatural works of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Wow, do you know, it's so true what Jesus said. Even before He ascended into heaven, He said it to the disciples, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And it has come to pass. If you keep on reading, Acts, you will see it coming to pass. Started with Pentecost, where 3,000 were saved. And in Judea, witnesses begin and continue to share Christ. We see even the Ethiopian 
how Philip shared with the Ethiopian in the area of Judea. And also the other verses that talk about Samaria. The Samaritans were getting saved. And now, today's text is on how the door opened for the Gentiles. And they will move to the ends of the world. What Jesus said, powerful, that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, it was coming to pass. Exactly what Jesus was saying. In Acts chapter 10, and also in 11, it's not just about a centurion getting saved. It's more than just recording a soul getting saved. It's about the love of God. That God is not partial. He's impartial God. That He loves all men. And also that He desires you and I as His people to be His witnesses. Because He's going to empower all of us to be His witnesses. His desire, the lost matter to God and the lost matter must matter to us. He's saying, hey, my heart is for the lost souls. You as my people, be my witnesses. So here we see one day at about three in the afternoon, Cornelius had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of the Lord who came to him and said, Cornelius, do you know who is Cornelius? Who is Cornelius? He's a centurion. What is a centurion? A commander of the Italian regiment of the Roman military. So he's in leadership, right? powerful. He commands a centurion, will command a platoon of troops, about 100 to a few hundred. That was his job, commanding people. He's a Gentile. He lives in Caesarea. And the Bible talks that he is a devout man, a man of prayer, a man who gives generously, but not the believer in Jesus Christ. Devout still. And chapter 10 is very important, as I said, because it was in Cornelius' household that God publicly opened the doors of the church to the Gentile world. It started because from earlier on, it was more to the Jews. And the Jews, the apostles, the believers were preaching to the Jews. And so therefore, he's considered one of the first Gentile converts. Probably, he would not have been so popular. You know, the Gentiles are a snobbish lot in a sense. I mean, the Jews were like a snobbish group, right? They were the ones who the true and living God only, right? And they disliked, they rejected Samaritans and also the Gentiles. But God had to change Peter's mind. You know, I believe God knows every creation. All of us, do you know, God knows all our names and God knows your family names. Not only the believers, God knows your pre-believing auntie, your uncle, your father, your mother. He knows all their names. Cornelius was not a believer. And God, the angel said, Cornelius, call him by name. Now, hey, man. And God knows your friends, the pre-believing friends, your relatives' names. You know, we, how many of you know of the five-finger prayer? Remember? If you're in a connect group, you should know. <laughs> right? This one way of teaching us how to pray for our pre-believing friends, our family. And we always say this, put up a thumb. What is this? And I say, hey, what do you mean, sir? Good, yeah, great, good. So when we put the thumb, when we start praying, we say, hey, God, my auntie, my mom, she's precious. She is treasured possession. You love her. She's precious to you. My auntie, put that name. That's how we say, when we pray, Mention that name, whether it's Cornelius, uh, Amy, uh, whether it's Sandra, 
Lord, Sandra is precious to you. And we'll later pray in the area of the, this to help you remember index fingers. The index fingers is always what we do is, there, that person, you lah. You always like that one. Always very naughty. Never obedient one. Huh? Do you do that to your children? Try not to. Uh. I've got three more pointing back at us. Uh. <laughs> but it's the accuser of the brethren. The devil always binding, blinding, in bondage of the, our, our loved ones who are pre-believers. So we pray against the evil one. We pray that God will set them free. And then the third finger. The third finger representing the third person of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. So we pray, Holy Spirit, come. Convict the person, touches his life. Lord, do something in her heart. God, minister. God, break that bondage and, and Lord, Holy Spirit, convict her. So we, third finger, Holy Spirit. And the fourth one, where do you put this? The ring comes in in this and in marriage, right? Love. It talks about the love of God. And so we pray, Lord, let your love touch, touch, touch him, touch her, Lord. And last one, ah, it's me. Me. Use me, Lord. Lord, my sister, use the friend. Use this one. Use me. Use me. So let us continue to pray the five-finger prayer, even for the pre-believers. Because God wants all men to be saved. You know, when Jesus was describing His purpose, why did I come on earth? Jesus Himself said this, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That was His purpose. Jesus' purpose coming on earth is to seek and save the lost. So we see here, God seeking Cornelius. For uh, in Second, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, God desires all men to be saved. In Isaiah 45, verse 22, it says, Turn to me and be saved. We can see God's heart is for souls. Here in this story, we see that God gave Cornelius a supernatural vision. Right? We talk about supernatural acts of the Holy Spirit. Here, this is a supernatural act that God gave him a vision and he was to call Peter. Go, get Peter to come and share with you. And of course, as we said, the Jews, they did not want to mingle fellowship with the Gentiles. And God has to change Peter's mind. Later, we'll find out how God did that. Now, have you ever thought this? How come uh, the angel came to Cornelius, told him to call uh, Peter? Why can't, why can't the angel also tell him the whole story, the whole gospel story? Right? You already said, you know, go to Pete, uh, Joppa and get Peter to come back. Can't the angel say, hey, Jesus, remember Jesus died for you and Jesus rose again? And why can't he tell, finish? So no need to go send people to Joppa. From Caesarea to Joppa is 35 miles. Have to wait a few days. Then they come back another two days and take so much time. Why can't the angel right, take on everything? You know Why? Because God did not give the commandment, the privilege of sharing the gospel to angels. Who did God give the privilege of sharing the gospel to? Who? Yeah, the pastors. Oh yes, of course. Of course, God gave the privilege to us pastor. Pastor Sue? Yeah? Pastor Gwen? You're given the privilege of sharing, the preaching the gospel. Amen. Who else? Oh, your connect leader. Yes. Of course. I saw you pointing to your connect leader. No, no, no. You're pointing there. Yes, I agree with you. Your connect leaders are chosen, are given the privilege to share the gospel. Remember Jesus said, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to all nations. Yes. But who else? Huh? All, all believers. Yes. Do you point to yourself? 
<laughs> we, we, yes, thank you for pointing to yourself. Very emphasis, yes, me. Yes, all of us. God did not give angels this privilege. Those on your, on online, put in the chat, it's my privilege to preach Christ. It's my privilege to preach Christ. So you and I have been given that privilege to share Christ with everyone. Not only, right? Not only those we like, everybody we meet, actually. You know, yesterday we went to hospital. I went to Grand Eagles with Jesse and Jesse. Jesse was our member, is our member. And Jesse is my leader in the, in the Ladies Connect group. And so we went to visit this small girl, two years old, about two years old. And her, they are pre-believers, the parents are pre-believers. And the child had COVID earlier, has been suffering, and yet had been cured in a sense of COVID, but has been suffering fever for a month. And she was admitted again on Monday. Uh, and the doc doctor said probably is lung infection. And poor child, two years old, she had to do the test all over again, doing all the tests to see what is wrong. So, you know, we went yesterday to pray healing. We prayed a blessing over the family. We prayed for the parents because they were really, really, you know, so down because seeing the child with all the needles, with the drip and so on. And we prayed. We prayed, you know, we believe in Jesus. And can we call upon Jesus? And you call along together with us. But I'm ever so encouraged. Jesse, the member, being a new believer, she was, you know, when she heard about her friend's child, she went to visit along with some, you know, food and so on to give her. And, you know, what amazes me and what encouraged me, young believers told the parents, can I pray for your child? Can I pray for your child? I said, hey, Jesse, great job, you know, that you were, you know, sometimes we ask us to pray, hey, you know, get somebody else only, you know. And she said, I prayed for the child before we went again. She said, prayed for that child. And the, thank God after that, praise the Lord, the fuel went down. God works miracles even through anyone's prayer. You know, she was so humble. I only pray simple prayer. <laughs> I said, no, no, it's not just a simple prayer, it's the faith. It's your trust in God. Even say it's one, two lines. It doesn't matter. God works in that faith in God. You know, during the MCO, I don't know how many of you had much opportunity to share Christ. I did not have much actually, so you know, not meeting people online or so is a bit hard for, for us. And so, you know, but this year, when things open up, God has a way to make me, like, make up for all the years, you know, in a sense. You know, some of you will know that my sister was admitted um, to Beacon. And that night, you know, when we took her in, we were hoping for a one-room bedroom, right? Because I'm going to stay over I, he asked me, can you stay with me, you know, after the op? And, and I was going to stay over and I said, God, I need to bathe there, you know. I need to shower, I need to do everything. And once you do your RTK, I had to do RTK to go in. I cannot get out already, you know. And everything got to be done. They can you give me a one-bedroom that we can have our privacy? But God, you're amazing. Huh? God gave us a four-room, a four-people room. Four people. I said, God, you got to be kidding. Sharing the bathroom with four people. Lord, but then, ah, Lord knows what I didn't know. Do you know in that four-bedroom, there was only two patients, my sister and another lady. That lady never went to the bathroom one because, again, she has a catheter or whatever. My sister also never went to the bathroom because after the op, she had catheter or so. So actually, and the four-bedroom had two bathrooms, you know. So everything to myself. Wow, it is God knowing what happened. But more than just sharing, the, uh, having all to myself, the bathroom, is not the main thing. But you know, I was surprised. There are always 
two in a four-bedded room. I said, why? Eh? How come nobody? You know what? It's like a halfway house. You know what? It's like halfway. People came in, took their bed, just for cataract operation, then stay for a while and troubled already. Don't stay overnight. One. This one come for scan, and then after that, scan, oh, bye-bye. But because of that, you know, they were there waiting, they had to wait before they go off. God gave me opportunity to share. God gave me opportunity to bless them, to pray for them. Wow, then people will come in. Uh, hi, what's the problem? Oh, can I pray with you? Huh, can I? Uh, I pray Jesus' name. Huh? In Jesus' name, God can heal us. God can give us. Because one lady was so fearful. You know, because she's going for a scan, the breast scan, and to see whether any is malignant. And I saw the fear in her eyes. I said, came in, it came into the, her, her, her clothes, in a sense, her, 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 to her bedside. And I said, can I pray with you? Can I ask God to help you? I believe in Jesus. And so on. There's only one time one lady stayed overnight. And that one, I got opportunity to share Christ. Full gospel story. <laughs> you know, and she says, thank you for sharing. You know, I will consider it. You know, that, therefore, like, it's uh, making up for lost time. So many, one after another, come in. <laughs> yes, how are you? Uh, okay, and, but there are Christians a lot also. Many Christians will come in in the beacon and also pray, uh, pray for them. God's blessings, God's healing. So God knows. God gives opportunities to us because these people, they matter to God. These people, God loves and wants them to hear, have opportunity to hear Christ. There are many, many hurting people in the world. The sick, the needy, the depressed, those who are facing so many economical problems. And you and I have the hope of the world for them. So let's share. Let's, let the souls, let the loss matter to us. Because Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Secondly, lordship means obedience. Lordship means obedience. Then there's a, uh, in Acts chapter 10, verse 13 to 16, then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And what did Peter say? Yes, Lord, I'm going to eat this pork. I'm going to eat this cow. I'm going to eat. No, he did not say that. You know, I will use this verse. Many times they say, hey, pork and no good. Huh? You shouldn't eat, you know, because, you know, blah, 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 it's unclean or whatever. Then I'll use, eh? you didn't remember seeing Acts chapter 10. Lah. Huh? God says, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Therefore, I can eat my siu yolk. I can eat my char siu. I, I use this. I don't know whether it's right or not. Huh? But, so that I can eat. But, he said, surely not. This happened three times. Once, surely not. Eat, surely not. Surely not. Not surely, that surely name. Huh? S-U-R-E-L-Y. Surely not. It don't drive, isn't it? No, Lord. No, Lord. Who are you calling Lord then? Lord means obedience, isn't it? Lord means ownership. He is my Lord. So therefore, I cannot say, no. Jesus is our Lord. We can always say, no, no, no. Peter seems to be a guy who always say no. Remember? Right? When uh, Jesus predicted his death, what would happen to him that he would suffer many things, and Peter took him aside and rebuked his Lord. He said, never, Lord. Never. This will never happen. And then when Jesus predicted, you know when I'm arrested, all of you will fall away. All of you will desert me. You know what Peter say? Even, uh, if, no, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Always saying no, right? Jesus said this, but he said no, it's not true. Jesus said this, no. And when Jesus was washing the feet of the disciples, uh, when it came to Peter, what did Peter say? Huh? Lord, you're going to wash my feet? No! He said to Jesus, no, don't wash my feet. And when Jesus said, if I do not wash your feet, you have no part in me. You know what he said? Ah, then I wash my hands, lah, wash my head lah, as well, everything. I want everything of you. But he's the one who seems to say no, no, no. And this happened three times, right? Kill and eat, no, kill and eat. 
Three times? Seems three. Seems to be a number for Peter. Three times he says, Do you love me, Peter? Yes, I love you, Lord. Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Once enough, lah. Why second time? Feed my sheep, lamb. Third time. Do you love me? Feed my lamb. Sometimes, uh, maybe Peter is very hard of hearing. Very stubborn. Hard to get through to him. Anyone like that? Huh? Oh, none of you. It's not you. He's talking about Peter only. Anyone there online? Talks about you. God says, my daughter, serve me. Use your gifting. No lah, Lord. <laughs> serve me. Remember, Pastor Michael has told you, be my usher. Serve me. No lah, I'm a very shy one. Cannot. Serve me. Uh, I think about it. I pray about it. <laughs> Sometimes we are that type. Few times, one time, two times. We need to again and again be coaxed into it. You know, the other way, the, the, uh, what the, uh, Cornelius, you know, when the vision came to Cornelius, what is it, Lord? He was ready to hear. Let us be open to the Lord, that we will not be stubborn. So God had to work in Peter's heart. The food coming down, the animals coming down, it's not about food choice that God gave him, you know. You know, that you choose this, you choose that, you got your diet. No, it's not about that. It's about his heart towards the Gentiles. God has to change his heart towards the Gentiles. You know, you think that he will have changed, right? The first time. So he went to Caesarea. Okay. And. First time was when he heard why they came, is of course the three men told him. Now, second time, he went to hear from the horse's mark already, right? From Cornelius. So, while talking with him in Acts chapter 10, verse 27 to 29, while talking to him, Peter went inside and. Uh, sorry. Okay, never mind. When. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it, isn't, it is against our law for you to associate with or visit a Gentile. So therefore, we can see when even though he went, even though he went to Caesarea from Joppa, it is like he's not so convinced yet, right? And he tells them, Man, when he saw this Cornelius family, how would you feel if you're Cornelius family? Hey, you're aware? Actually, I can't be here. When I can't come. When a Jew cannot associate with you. You know? And someone says, but God has shown me that I should not call your unpure, impure and unclean. Right? Telling people, you're unclean. To us, you're unclean, you're impure. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. So I came down because God asked me. And then he says, he still asks this question. Hey, may I ask why you sent for me? Why you sent for me? Eh? <laughs> Didn't you know that you are supposed to share the gospel? You've been so faithful in sharing the gospel to the Jews. So, why has you doctor to do with me? Why you bring me here? What do you want me to say? You know, and when Cornelius repeats the why, what happened, how God gave him a vision, ah, oh, Peter begin to say, hey, probably I'm getting it now. Huh? Peter is getting what God's message is. So in verse 34 to 35, it says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but He accepts from every nation the one who fears Him and does what is right? He's getting it now, you know. Ha, huh, I realize now that there's, there's no favoritism with God. There's no prejudice with God. I'm getting it that God loves all men. And I believe what sealed the deal in a sense is when he was sharing with them the gospel, before he can end, what happened? The Holy Spirit came upon them. They begin to speak in other tongues. He was shocked. Those who went with him were shocked. Wow, 
God even gives the Holy Spirit to these Gentiles. And I believe this really got to him. That God's love is for all men. There's no boundary. No boundary. And that is truth. That God has no prejudice. Not like Jonah, man. Jonah has said, please don't save this Nineveh. They're so wicked. Kill them all. And was very angry when they repented. How about us? Do we have any prejudice? Huh. I have. I have. And God had to deal with me. These people, they deserve. You know? God sent them all to burning, you know? But God had to deal with me. I need to pray with them. God loves them too. These people who seem to be so, you know, on earth here, or oh, you know, corrupted and so on, and doing the nation such a, in such a mess. And, but God loves them too. And, and God is not prejudiced against them. Whether it's a race, it's an ethnic group, there's no boundary. Do you have anybody you think is beyond redemption? You think that this person cannot be saved? God will not love them. How would you know God might use you to show Christ to them, to show that God loves them. There's no prejudice. Though whatever their lives are messed up, God loves them too. So what makes it hard? Apart from prejudice, maybe none of us or few of us have prejudice against race, people, uh, uh, all the, the sins they are in. Remember, there's no boundary with God. God loves them all and wants to win them. But what about other limitations? Other things that God needs to do, that conversion in your heart. God had to convert, not only convert Cornelius, God had to convert Peter too. He needed conversion in his heart to the people, to the Gentiles, to understanding God loves the Gentiles. How about us? What are some hindrances? Maybe most of us will say, I fear. I dare not. I fear to share Christ. I fear the rejection. Or some people might say, I don't think they need Christ. They are such a devout, so good people, you know. They are better than Christians. Huh? Have you heard them say? They, are better. they don't need Jesus. But what about this Cornelius? He was devout, he was giving to the poor, he was a God-seeker. But he still needed to know Christ and accept Christ to repent of his sin. So whatever devout person will still need to receive Jesus as his Saviour. Or maybe we say we are too busy. Too busy to say a word. Now the word weakness, huh? word weakness huh? is testify. So you can do testimonies beginning with testimonies to them. Remember, Peter shared, he said, we are witnesses of the truth of Jesus. So you will be witnesses, powerful witnesses, empowered witnesses. Let us not be too busy to spend time with people, pre-believers, that we can make a difference in their lives. It's not just a matter of life and death. Not just a matter of life and death. It's a matter of life, death and Eternity. Eternity. Where will they go to? It is so important. So therefore, God says to us, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, even before He went up to heaven. Go, make disciples. Go, preach the gospel to them. And God enables us. God will help you, giving you the bonus. That's what the supernatural act of the Holy Spirit is. Supernatural bonus, supernatural power. So therefore, the last thing that will enable us, that will encourage you as His people is the Holy Spirit empowers. The Holy Spirit empowers me, empowers you. Say it to yourself, the Holy Spirit empowers me. Oh, not good enough, not not powerful enough. The Holy Spirit empowers me. Come on, one more time. One, two, three. Yes. Praise the Lord. You're not getting it. Just like Peter. Kill and eat. Nope. 
get it. No, get it. No. But then after he said, yes, Lord, I will go. It's not about food, as I said. Go, reach the Gentiles. Okay, okay. They can be saved. And now, why don't we baptize them also? Remember he said, so baptism again. I know many of you have talked about baptism after, after receiving Christ. Now let's be baptized. So the Holy Spirit empowers. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not the it. We don't say it, huh? Holy Spirit empowers. So therefore, the Holy Spirit empowers us to share Christ. You as a believer, He will empower you to be bold, to be able to share the gospel of Christ with your testimonies. But for the pre-believer, He will, He also relates to the pre-believer. Just as Cornelius was not a believer, but He gave him a vision. So therefore, your pre-believer, brother, sister, can receive even a vision, can receive a dream. The Holy Spirit can speak. Because the work of the Holy Spirit is He can speak, right? He can communicate. He can give dreams and visions. So therefore, He can with that pre-believing friend of yours. That He will speak to him and will convict him. The supernatural act of the Holy Spirit to touch your friend's life. To orchestrate situations in his life. Right? He orchestrated the meeting of Cornelius and Peter. It was orchestrated by God. Do you know it is orchestrated by God? I still remember a story. And it's a real life story. I went to, I was going to visit my goddaughter Kimberly in UK. She, stud, she went to study in Sunderland. And so therefore, I'm not sure how many of you have heard this story. So therefore, I, I went alone. Wanting to be with her nearing Christmas time, you know, because she's alone there. And so, therefore, I took a, a flight and I had to transit in Dubai, right? Transit in Dubai. And I met a couple, you know, we are three seater, and this couple is uh, Christians. They were, they were here in Malaysia and they were in Indonesia for a the honeymoon, they came there and they came to Malaysia too. And so there we chatted, you know, about uh, since we are Christian. And in the course of the conversations uh, and uh, time together, it's so nice to have somebody, right? Because I was driving alone, do you know, know the whole, whole, nobody in the plane you know, you know. And sometimes you, you have to take like, the whole, everything to the toilet. But here I trusted them. Say, hey, take care of my, my back, can I? You know, and, and, and you say, ah, you trust strangers, ah. But, you know, somehow we know that they are leaders in the church and somehow I trusted them. And so therefore, I prayed for them in their marriage and they, what they did to for me, they gave me a word. <laughs> they gave me a, like a prophetic word or a gift of, word of knowledge, you know, and say, hey, you're going to meet someone who is very, will be crying and this discouragement, will be weeping and weeping and, and, and you, can, you will minister to that person. And that was the word given to me, you know. And I said, okay, Lord, if I meet that person, huh, why not let's minister? And so therefore, I went, they, they stopped at Dubai, they, you know, and they went on to go to Turkey. And in Dubai, when I was waiting, I was a few hours, I think, on transit. So I was walking, 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 walking. Where is the weeping person? Where is the person who's crying and crying? Walked a few rounds, no? Had my lunch and then walked again. Where? Nobody. Everyone seemed happier. Nobody is crying. Nobody is sad. Uh, looking to minister lah, because that's the word. So I went to UK and, uh, and we were supposed to uh, go over to Paris with a friend. So three of us going to Paris to uh, have a holiday, short holiday, three days, uh, two days, three days, two nights. And uh, when I was go, about to go there, uh, Wendy, uh, Wendy uh, texted me and said, can you minister to this uh, uh, Lian's, Lian's friend? They are same time, same time, two of them were going to Paris too. And so when we coincide, I said, okay, you go there, I meet you, uh, I meet you at the Eiffel Tower, two of you, okay, we will go around. And lo and behold, so we met there at Eiffel Tower, and Lian's friend is a pre-believer. 
And, uh, and, and I got to know, actually, she was very, very sad. She was crying, 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 you know. Because why? When a young person, she's a youth, huh? young person lose a new iPhone, what happens? Of course, how many thousands know the iPhone? And then, more main thing is, all our pictures, all the memories, oh, we're gone. Because she was, she was snatched. The iPhone was snatched. But this story is, though if you think of someone crying, crying, a different thing, but actually, she was really depressed. She was very discouraged because of her iPhone, and she was so sad. And, and of course, when they asked me, go and minister to her also. Wow. It is not in Dubai. It is in France. <laughs> that the word came that I was to minister to her. In the course of time, we walked, 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 uh, going out for uh, lunch, and, and I would share Christ with her. I say, you know, uh, Jesus loves you, and no, don't worry about the iPhone. It's more important than you. Your life was spared. You did not get hurt, and all these things, you know, I began to. And she was very open to me, uh, to the sharing, and so on. And praise the Lord, in the Paris Cafe, this Eunice gave her heart to the Lord. Woo! Supernatural things still happen. God orchestrated that I will meet her. He told me, you meet someone, minister to this person who's very sad, very down and cry. And it came to pass. God still works for you, you know. God will still work for you, hey, this person. Share. Share Christ. Tell your testimony with him or her. Pray for him or her. God can still orchestrate us meeting someone who needs Christ. But we do not know, need to be, God to orchestrate in a sense. But God can use you. When you see a pre-believer who has a need, you can pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for needs. And, you know, with our family members. <clears throat> we thank God. Cornelius really loved his family. Right? Even before Peter came, he already gathered them already. Hey, come. Everybody, there's a, I believe God wants to speak to us. Family members, close friends. Come, come, come. There's a message that will change your life. There is something, something for you and it will make your life different. He loves his family. So what we can do on our part, God will enable us, empower us, but our part is, right, to share. Our part is to bring them, you know, their connect groups, their uh, evangelistic events, you can bring them. Our part is to give them the opportunity to hear the gospel, to hear the testimonies. And we pray too that God will give them dreams and visions. God will open their hearts to Him. Our part is to pray. that in Supernaturally, God can give them visions. Huh? God can give them dreams. God can speak in a still, small voice to them. But your part, God and, and gives you the bonus, enables you. That's why Peter, you saw him. There was a large crop and he preached. He preached so powerfully. He said, Jesus was sent by God with the Holy Spirit and power. Jesus healed the sick. Jesus was crucified. But on the third day, He rose again. Yes, we are the witnesses. We saw it. And when you share, you can say, yes, we, I am a witness of the power of God because God changed me. God healed me. God did a powerful work in my life. I am the witness. And God can empower you with a testimony that a person can be cut to the heart and say, yes, I need Christ. Pray for me. Let's pray that this will happen. Let's all stand to our feet. The supernatural work of the Holy Spirit is still possible today. In your life, in your pre-believing pre-believing family's life. You know, it took many years even for my brother to get saved. He was the only one who was not a believer. But it took intentional, intentional times of prayer with him, praying for his business, 
bring forth his targets, took intentional time to spend holidays with him, to share and so on. But now he has accepted Christ. You know, now he has accepted Christ. God opened the doors. I said the sinner's prayer with him in the hospital, actually. He accepted Christ in front of my mother, my sister, in the hospital when he said, yes, I'll receive. So we need to be intentional. Pray for your household. Let God open opportunities for them to hear the gospel. Let God give them dreams and visions that God will use you as the witness. And present in this hall is my assurance that I know that God still does supernatural acts, still says, present in this hall is the proof that God does miracles. You are here. You were not a believer. Probably you were also hostile. But God moved in your heart and you accepted. Simon, wow, you know, I'm just sharing prayed for you. And I remember one day you came up forward to say, I want Jesus. And there was that supernatural act of the Lord upon your heart. Uh, many years married, but did not accept Christ. But that time I remember, yes, you came forward. These are all miracles. These are all acts of the Holy Spirit. You, 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 you. That I now obeyed Christ. So now your turn, your turn. Your turn to be the empowered witness. Are you willing? Are you willing? Let us not say, God, you must call me many times. <laughs> Let us say, yes, this is the time, yes. I will. I will be your witness. God's supernatural power is upon us to be a witness. We're going to pray for our families. Pray for our families for open hearts to the Lord. We're going to pray for us that God will empower us to be witnesses. God will empower you. It's supernatural because we have a supernatural God. Let us just, let's sing a song, then we will pray. <laughs>